Welcome back to another episode of Coffee in Christ. We're back. Episode, what, is this four? I'm pretty sure it's four. Uh, yeah. Episode four, season two. Ah, season two, episode four. Guys, we are excited to get back into another little realm of Proverbs. But first, Dylan, after your yawn, how how's your day going? You you We've been gone for a while. You know, we took a week off because... You know what, Dylan? Tell us why we've been Well, gone. took a little sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Um, but went to the beach on a little vacay and went and spoke at a youth conference. Mm-hmm. Inspire. And can we watch that anywhere? You know, I, I know they recorded it. I just don't know where it's recorded. Mm. So. I have to do some digging. I'll try to find it. Yeah, I'll have to do some digging. I tried to find it on YouTube and I could not. Huh. Couldn't find it. So, um... But yeah, I went and spoke at a little youth, not little really, youth conference, and then um, went from there to the beach, and um, that was very fun. Going to the beach with your nieces and nephews, or just nieces or nephews, you know, quite fun. Going with little people completely changes what you normally do on every vacation, but oh, it's yeah. fun. It's It's fun. So yeah, we had that. It was a great time. Everything else is great. The life life is good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's about, I don't really have anything else. I mean, uh, I'll let you tell them what we're gonna do tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, everything's great. I mean, I just don't have a lot of excitement to share. That's all right. I guess really, Things but happen. everything is just wonderful. Well, good, good. But you know, you see, me on the other hand. I got to play like acting manager. What a thrill. <laughs> Is it because you can have it if you want it? <laughs> just kidding. No, uh no, it was it was okay just because some of the days that Dylan was gone, it was like pouring with rain. So like our work was limited, you know, days like those were easy and then we had a couple days where we were just, you know, going as fast as we possibly can go, but I'm glad to give the reins back up through their rightful owner. Um, but the joy was fun while it lasted. Um, I'm trying to think. I never heard my phone ring, ring as much as it had that week. Yeah. Just everyone would call me, and I'm like, Phew. you could have this one if you wanted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was giving him my phone. I forgot y'all couldn't see that. Yeah. But. <laughs> no, I don't want it. Uh, but it was fun while it lasted. You know, manager for a week isn't too bad of a gig, as long as you can give it up. It's kind of like. You become grandparents, you can take the kids for a while. Yes. And you like sugar them up and then you let, let them go, you know, send them back to their mom and dad. <laughs> so that's how I felt. Uh, I've sent the workers back to back to the dad. Dad Dylan is back. So, Daddy Dylan in the house. He's back. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, D- Dylan came back just to leave again because we're going. Where are we going? We're going to see Post Malone. Want to see who? Post Malone. Who? Post Malone. Who? Post. <laughs> I wanted to see how long you would do five or six times. (laughs) Post Malone. Post Malone. Uh, But yeah, he's coming to Atlanta. It's the closest place we could get uh, tickets to. He just isn't, I don't know. He's just not coming to Nashville, not coming to Knoxville, Tennessee in general, I think. Maybe he's going to Memphis. I might be wrong on that. But too far for us. But this one isn't. So Atlanta is actually closer than Memphis. Yeah, like 
by a couple hours, mm-hmm. two hours or so. So that's where we're going. Um, we're going to take off a little early tomorrow. I'm not coming in Friday, but I think Dylan is. Yeah. Uh, sadly, because Dylan is manager. <laughs> if uh, we don't come back, maybe somebody else will carry on the coffee in Christ. Maybe. I don't know. Who would do it? Maybe it would just become Coffee and Chris, and Ty and Chris would stand and do it at yes. work. Maybe I don't know. Coffee and Chris. <laughs> so no, it is. It's it's quite sad. Maybe I shouldn't even go tomorrow, because if I don't go, the sun will shine. But the Gavorka, mm, it's supposed to rain. If you know, you know. The Gavorka has struck the trip, and it's an outdoor venue, and it's supposed to rain. Yeah. I haven't even looked at the weather really that much. I've just heard from y'all that like it's going to be terrible. I'm totally trusting Ty because Ty said it's going to rain. I've not looked. I don't look at the weather anymore. I'm just surprised. You kind of just feel it in your collarbone. Just like, I do know if rain. it's going to rain, I get a little achy. And you're just like, oh, I and feel I'm it. A, I'm a little achy right now. <sighs> so. It's speaking to us. It knows. It knows more than us. It's very weird, this it's power like, that you have. It's like the weather rock. Yes, are you talking about that one at the golf course? Yeah. Where it's like, rock gone, tornado. Mm-hmm. Rock wet, rain. rain. <laughs> rock cold, snowy. Rock dry, sunny. sunny. <laughs> rock gone, tornado. Tornado. <laughs> That's my favorite one. <laughs> oh, so. man. But yeah, um, I guess this week really hasn't been that crazy. Which is, you know, it's good to have those every now and then. It's good to just be chilling. Um, but... Oh, I guess we're having we're having a, a company wide picnic Friday. That'll be fun. Oh yeah, we have some good door prizes to give out. Yep. So that'll be fun. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else before we get back into it. I can't think of anything. Well, we're having see the the door prizes are always the good part of the picnic. Probably why most people come. Oh, absolutely. I get it. I get it. But this year we have a good prizes. Mm-hmm. TVs, dryers, like clothes. Oh, and we're back after a brief power outage. Oh, uh, it did it? It, it, just it popped right back popped up. Popped right back up. <laughs> wow, that was probably a first for me. Huh. Well, for those who who, those wondering, who are just joining our broadcast, yes, yes, <laughs> the power went out just for some odd reason. It does it still sound good? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, what do you know? It just keeps right. Why wouldn't it keep going though? Because it's connected to the to the board over there, that mixer board. Oh. Mm. Okay. Oh, actually, hang on. The Wi-Fi is down. Yeah. But we still should be able to record, right? I think so. Okay. Well, we're going to keep going. We're just going to see how this thing goes. Hmm. I've pulled up my notes. I'm good. So, um... Interesting. Anywho. I guess we're going to get right... That was the Holy Spirit telling us, let's get started in Proverbs. Let's get it going. We're, enough small talk, boys. Enough small talk. We're going to get right into Proverbs. We just finished up the, I guess we're trying to look back. I guess the first uh, 19 verses, and that's uh, happened over the past uh, two episodes. But today we're going to finish up chapter one, and then uh, next week we're going to get into chapter two. However, we just finished first the first of those ten speeches that the father gives to the son, and now we begin the first poem that Lady Wisdom has to offer. And and these two throughout the book work together 
to make a powerful you know, claim and statement that this book is not just filled with good advice, but this is God's own wisdom and how we are invited to read it and to learn from it and through uh, the past events and how we can really obtain this wisdom uh, that we're seeking throughout this whole book. So just to get started, uh, Dylan, you want to read me read? Uh, you go for it. Okay. I'm just going to... I guess I'm just going to go till I stop. How about that? All right. All right. If you want to jump in, you should let me know. All right. Picking up in verse 20, wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice at the head of the noisy street. She cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you because I have called and you refuse to listen. And uh, listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed uh, by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. So we've kind of, like I said, we've gotten to this first poem of Lady Wisdom. And Solomon per- kind of personifies wisdom, kind of gives her a whole character as as a, as a lady, and how she offers guidance to all who seek her, and she's everywhere. You know, it says in verse 22, you know, Lady Wisdom appeals to the group that needs her the most, and those are the simple ones. You know, these are, and we talked about simple and prudent a couple episodes ago, but these are people who are just simply, I would say, untrained or even without wisdom all in general. Uh, she asks how long will they neglect or reject her help. Then she kind of tackles the opposite end of that group, the scoffers, the ones that hate knowledge, that hate her. They are willing, they willingly know that they are disobeying wisdom and, you know, they're delighted to do so. They're delighting to still be scoffing. However, in 23, she offers a solution. If you turn, you know, that's how it all starts. If you turn, you know, before we are baptized, we live in a life of sin and we're, you know, sometimes we're delighted in it because you know, quite frankly, we're just wisdomless. We didn't know the kind of path we were on, some of us, and some of us did, but then we turned. You know, you have to be willing to turn, to change directions from the pursuit of being that fool who loves scoffing and and turning completely to pursue wisdom, you know, to pursue that hokma from God. And when, with that, she says she's going to pour out her spirit, or ruha, and ruha here refers to uh, a range of things like wind, breath, life breath, more importantly, and spirit. And usually expressed as an emotion rather than, you know, an intellect or include, and it also includes feelings, you know, wills and facilities, attitudes, desires, stuff like that. And, and you know, this, in the rest of those couple of verses, this is how Lady Wisdom responds to people who reject her, you know, in a sense, that things are not 
easy for people uh, who desire to be fool, yeah, to, to, who desire to be a fool. And since they reject her, she's going to reject them in their time of need. And we keep going, you know, in verse 28, when wisdom is rejected in times of crisis, you know, the fool might look to wisdom for help and they will not find it. They'll find that they lack it and maybe never find it. And they'll never find it because they have rejected the foundation. They've rejected wisdom of, well, the foundation of wisdom, and that is the fear of the Lord. And the result of rejecting the fear of the Lord is death and destruction and to the simple and to the full. It's not just to one of them. You know, but those who listen to wisdom and obtain that chokmah, that wisdom, and the fear of the Lord will dwell safely and securely and will be at ease. And so, you know, some translations say without fear of evil instead of being at ease, which I like because those who fear the Lord and obtain chokmah have nothing to be afraid of. Wisdom started here, her speech, by calling for listeners, and now she concludes by reminding us the importance of responding to that, responding to that call. And you know that uh, is something that Proverbs is deeply concerned with, you know, throughout the whole book, by providing the reader a way to shape their, their hearts, their attitudes, beliefs, and feelings for the sake of that peace and well-being of having no fear. Well, here, here's, I'm going to tell you a story. And I love stories. I promise it. It makes sense. It, it, there's a reason why I'm telling it to you. Um, so we were on vacation, right? And I, um, I don't know how to put this without it sounding mean, um, but I thrive alone. If that makes sense, like it doesn't bother me a bit in the world to sit at my house all weekend and not talk to anybody. Oh, I agree. 100%. Or, you know, go to the grocery store by myself. Or, you know, a lot of people can't, and it's not a bad thing, but a lot of people just don't like to be by themselves. You know, Andrea, my girlfriend, hates going to the store alone. Huh. Hates it. But I love it. Like, I love to just go and do my own thing, not have to worry about anybody. You know, just go and, and you know, like Saturday... I'm so excited because my parents are coming over um, <clears throat> for dinner and we're playing cards Saturday night. But I get to spend the whole day in the house alone cooking and stuff. And I nice. Think, I, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> and it's like, all the people are like, man, that's sad. Like, I, honestly, like, and I think it's because my phone does ring off the hook during the week and there's always something going on to where when you're by yourself, it's just like take a deep breath and you're like, ah, nice. Nice. You know? So, we're on vacation, right? And keep in mind, like, I've been with people constantly since, you know, Wednesday. And so, like, I was struggling because I was just like, man, I just really want to be by myself. Not that I was, like, upset with anybody or angry with anybody. I'm just like, I just need time. So, Friday... Keep in mind, we're leaving the next day on Saturday, and my sister was like, oh, you know, I got to go to the store. I need, you know, we've eaten all the food, and we need to take, you know, snacks for the, the girls on the ride home and, and all that. And she was like, I'm going to go to the store. And she was like, didn't really want to go to the store. And I'm like, you know, hey, I'll go. I would love to go. You know, and I didn't, I was, when they bought groceries in the first go around, I wasn't there yet, so I didn't get to contribute to any. It's like, I'll go. Give me your list. I'll pay for it. Just, I would love to go and have some time. 
So I'm excited. I get in my truck. My whole family thinks I'm mad. But I'm like, no, I just, just need time, you know. So I go to the store by myself. Now, I don't have kids. And it's like some of the stuff on this list, it's hard to find. <laughs> like when you're not used to shopping for a toddler and a four-year-old, like I don't know where the baby aisle is. <laughs> and this is a store in you know Florida that I've never been in. If it was my, you know, the Walmart here, the Publix, I'd be able to find it quicker. But I am in a store that I've never been in. And I'm just trying to find like applesauce pouches and, and it have to be a certain type of applesauce pouch, and then I have to get puffs, and I have to be a certain type of puff, and it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. So the last thing on the list was, um, I think it's like Amos's famous chocolate chip cookies, and they're Witten's favorite. That sounds amazing. She doesn't like any of the other cookies; she likes that cookie. So I have like searched and searched the store for these cookies. I mean, like every aisle. I was like starting to get sweaty. Like that's how long I've been in the store. I was in there for like an hour and a half, like up and down every aisle, diligently searching for this cookie because that's what I had to have. Right. So I'm on the phone with Andrea and I'm like, I literally cannot find this cookie. And I'm like stressed out. Like I, I feel bad. I'm not going to be able to find the cookie. I'm going to have to not get it. And then lo and behold, right in front of my face is the cookies. Like I looked up, I was about to leave and I looked up and I'm like, right in front of my face. Oh, so then I was excited and grabbed them. But here is why, you know, Solomon presents, like Jackson said, wisdom as this person. And as a woman who offers her guidance to basically help the world. And we, and we learn in the first two verses that her cry is loud, but it's often ignored, right? So there's a, um, a scholar, and he says, And this wisdom is said to cry with a loud voice, to imitate both God's earnestness in um, inviting sinners to repentance um, and their inexcusableness if they do not hear such a loud cry. So I bring up the story in the grocery store because, like... This is becoming a tragedy to me, not finding the right cookies. Because like, I would do anything for my niece, Witten. You know, me and her are obviously closer than the toddler because she's a toddler still, you know. But like, I, if I had to say no to her, it would crush me. Like anything she says, it's yes, yes, whatever you want. <laughs> you know, because you're just, I mean, you're the uncle. You're supposed to be able. So, and she was excited about the cookies. She had already talked to me about them privately before I left, Witten. Aww. about how much she loves these cookies. And I'm like, man, this is so cute. This is a tragedy because I can't find what she wants. But I wasted so much time searching and looking and being distracted and missing what was right in front of my face, right? So, yes, that was a tragedy. But I think the greatest tragedy in the world, and I, I mean this, is that there's so much noise and there's so many distractions and there's so many things that people miss what they really need to hear. And that, that's why I think Solomon presents this person as, or is, presents wisdom in this poem as a person who's, who's talking loudly, who's you know in the town square, 
um, in the markets and the streets. Um, and then in 21, it says, and at the head of the noisy street, she's continuing to cry out at the entrance of the city gates. You know, it's places, especially, you know, back in, in these times that people are always at. You know, so like me and Jackson were driving around yesterday and we were in a part of town and I'm like, you know, I don't really ever come over here anymore. You know, this is places, you know, that doesn't exist. You know, you're going to be at the city gates. You're going to be, you know, at the the head of the market and all these things. It's not somewhere that you're just not present at. And I believe that the greatest tragedy isn't the fact that I couldn't find the cookies. <laughs> the greatest tragedy is, is there's so much noise that has been created in the world that people don't hear the call of wisdom. They don't hear, you know, God. And he's trying to, to get to them and he's standing in the noisy streets and, and he's trying to, to get through to them with the voices of wisdom. But yet all we hear is, you know, foolishness, confusion, you know, all these mixed signals that take them and lead people further away from the truth. And, you know, for me, I don't know if I have like a, a brain eating disease or ADHD or whatever, but like I can't focus on something if more than two things are happening. You know, I do well, like in my office at work, I have a TV and I'll turn on like, you know, HGTV. Yeah. I love HGTV. I could watch it all day. But like just something in the background, not that I'm sitting there staring at it all day, but something in the background. But if I have that going on and the printer's printing and somebody's in the door or, you know, I just, I get overwhelmed. And I think everybody is that way because God is there. God is willing and he's saying, I'm here and I'm inviting, you know, people to hear what I'm trying to say, people to, to come to repentance, people to hear you know, wisdom, and there's so much foolishness and distractions that nobody hears it, you know, and, and people seem to, you know, we all work towards something. We all have something that drives us, and so many people, you know, you spend your entire life searching for what drives you. You know, it could be your job. It could be money. It could be a person, it could be whatever, but you're always searching for more. And God is saying, no, everything that you need is right in front of you. You just have to listen, just like the cookies. They're right there. I just didn't see them. And that's why, in my opinion, and this is just me speaking, that's why I think Solomon presents wisdom as a woman who offers guidance, as somebody who is loud. And, and it's interesting that he even uses a woman, and we'll get really down into the nitty-gritty of it, because there's something about a woman's voice that makes it to where you can't miss it. You know, our service manager at work, Mike, he has a very deep, gruff voice that sometimes if you're not really listening, you're not going to hear it. But women, you know, their voices are higher-pitched, and it's almost... I don't want to say like a screech because then, then we might get in trouble. But mm. I mean, don't take offense to that. But I mean, it's, it's almost like a higher pitch noise that you're like, oh, I just heard something. Yeah. And that's how 
simple it is, and, it, and, and being simple brings us into the next five verses, you know, in verse uh, 22, as Jackson was saying, it says, How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you, and I will make my words known to you, um, because I have called, and, and you have refused to listen. And I have stretched out my hand, but no one has taken it, or no one has heeded it. Um, because you have ignored my counsel and would have uh, none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock uh, when terror strikes you, and when terror strikes you like a storm, and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, uh, when distress and anguish come unto you. So now, have you talked about this yet? Yeah, I've gone through Go Crazy. Okay, so now, you know, you have her referring to something simple, right? And that's what I think we just miss so much, you know, because it's not like wisdom is something that's so unachievable. You know, you see Christians that you look up to and you see people that you're just like, man, I want to be just like them. I wish I wish I could get there. I wish I could be like them. Well, you, you can. You know, it's not something that is so far-fetched that you can't get to. It's like if you see a millionaire, you're like, man, I would love to be like them. Well, I mean, it takes a lot of work to be a millionaire. It takes a lot of work to 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 a to get that much money, I guess you could say. But but really, wisdom, when you see somebody that's full of wisdom, it's not hard to get to them. You know, it's kind of like, here is this pro- proclamation um, that she is making. And it's an open proclamation to make it clear that the offer of wisdom is to the man walking on the street. You know, not to somebody, you know, high class, not to somebody who's better or or a better social status. Wisdom is an open proclamation to anybody that wants to hear. You know, this woman's not standing here saying, if you make over $100,000 a year, and if, you know, you wear nice clothes, and if you have the nicest truck in the parking lot, you know, come and listen to my wisdom. It's literally open to anybody that just has an ear to listen to it. You know, wisdom begins by us taking some sort of action. You know, you can't lay your hand on the Bible and just, you know, siphon all of the energy and the wisdom and God's teaching into your brain. You know, have you ever seen the... That'd be so cool. Wouldn't it? I was like, I'm just imagining that. Have you ever seen the, the movie or read the book, The Giver? Yes, before? it was on TV the other day. So, like, in The Giver, this man, I think it, like, places his hands on his back and, like, instills wisdom and all these things, gives him a, a bunch of stuff. I can't remember. I haven't watched it in forever. Yeah, same. I can't really remember. But something about, you know, this man's full of, we'll just say wisdom. You know, full of wisdom, and then this young guy or young man, like, is interested in it, so he's magic, and he places his hands on his back and instills all of his wisdom. Something like that. I may be off if you're a giver expert, and I'm wrong, sorry. 
<laughs> I don't know if there's many of those. <laughs> but I don't know, right? Um, it's been I was in eighth grade whenever I watched that movie. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, wisdom unfortunately doesn't come like that. It's open to anybody that wants to hear it. You know, that's why she's referring and she's appealing necessarily in the next five verses to the simple one. You know, because getting wisdom is actually quite simple because it's not something that's challenging. It's not something that, you know, you have to have a college degree and you have to be able to understand Greek and Hebrew to get wisdom from God. It's not that hard. You know, just give your life to him, live for him every day. And I promise if we do that for an extended period of time, then we're going to earn that wisdom. We're going to, I wouldn't say earn, I guess wouldn't be a good word, but but we're going Given. to understand the wisdom of God. Yeah. But we we just can't get caught up in in the distraction. You can't get caught up in, you know, searching and searching for satisfaction and wisdom from the world. Because it's it's honestly it's pointless. You know, if you think about it, because then as she kind of concludes I say she, but as Solomon kind of concludes concludes. You got it. Concludes <laughs> the chapter, and this is why, you know, she's talked about this appeal, you know, and then she starts talking about the consequences of this wisdom if it's rejected, right? So she talks about towards the end, um, she says, turn at my rebuke, right? And what does that mean? You know, she's surely I will pour out my spirit on you. You know, the, the embrace of wisdom or learning and understanding wisdom means that we have to be willing to change from a direction, right? You know, I've been a Christian my whole life, basically. I was raised in the church, but it applies to, to us just as well as anybody because we made a decision to turn towards God and His wisdom, right? So if you're not a Christian or you know, whatever in your life, you know, wisdom comes at a turn in your life. When you decide, I'm going to turn away from foolishness, I'm going to turn away from the pursuit of the world and living like the world, I'm going to turn towards God and his wisdom. You know, that's when it takes. But then, what is this, what is this rebuke? You know, what is this, what, what, what's really the big deal at turning away from the wisdom of God, you know, and, and that really is explained and I'll read it again just to refresh your memory, but that's really explained in 28 through 33 because it says they, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they won't find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord would have none of my counsel. They despised my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by the returning away, and the complacency of fools destroy them. 
But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without the dread of disaster. So, in verse 28, you know, let's talk about that first. So, they will call upon me, but I will not answer. You know, they're going to seek me diligently, but they will not find me. You know, there is a time in life that all will kneel and bow to God. Every person. You know, there's going to be a time that everyone's going to have their eyes open and go, oh, oopsie. You know, this is something that, that I really should have taken seriously. But she's saying when you're there and when you do finally call upon me, I'm not going to be there to answer. And that seems harsh and that seems scary. But guys, there's so many, there's so many opportunities to find what you're looking for. So many opportunities. Okay, think about it this way. You know, back before COVID, Walmart was open 24 hours a day. All the time. I know where you're going. Right? So, there was all... I don't know if you do or not. Oh, maybe not. But I mean, it was open all the time. So, if you needed something, it was there. But I will tell you, I, I... Honestly, I don't think... I don't know. There's very few times that I have been to Walmart past 11.30 at night. Mm-hmm. There was one time in high school. I was rolling a yard. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to get the supplies. Um, <laughs> and guess, well, side note, lo and behold, God smacked me in the face. Mm-hmm. Because guess who was at Walmart? My mother. <laughs> at 11.30 at night. Uh, was at Walmart. Yep. While I was getting to hold the paper. Wow. But so, anyway, <laughs> different story for a different time. I was young, right? But I, I mean, I wasn't there really past 11.30 or 12. It wasn't until COVID that for some reason, every time I needed something, Walmart was closed. You know? Like closes at like 9.30 or something like that. I think, yeah, 9.30 or 10 now. Yeah. But like, it's something that I took for granted that it was always there. And then when the world shut down... And I had no choice but to stay at home. You know, you'd be messing around the house and you'd be, oh man, I need to go get this, this, this. And you think about it, like, oh, Walmart's closed. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But really it's not. Because for 20 years of my life, it was open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And it wasn't until it was closed that you're like, man, this is ridiculous. No, it's not. We had... So many opportunities to be there. That's, that's, the, that's the way the gospel works. You know, so many people don't want to follow God because they see him as ruthless. They see him as mean. And, oh, there's no good God that would send somebody to hell. You're right. Because he doesn't send you there. Right? And that's what they're saying. It's like, you're, you're going to call on me. But it's going to be too late. You know, you're going to seek me and look for me. But... You're not going to find me. And she answers that in 129 because she says, well, why? Well, because they hated knowledge. And they did not choose the fear of the Lord. They chose to fear the world instead. They didn't choose the fear of the Lord. They wouldn't listen to what I had to say. They despised the things that I had to say. And therefore, they're going to basically, it says the ESV says, they're going to eat the fruit of their own way. They're gonna, you made your bed, go lay in it. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but... Go, you know, you made your bed, go lay in it. So, 
I'm saying this because wisdom is really simple if you're looking in the right places, right? And the way that it's described here is perfect because, just like we said, talking about women's voices, she's in the busy streets. She's at the, the head of the city gates. She's standing in the marketplaces, she, and she's yelling and saying, if you have ears, if you want to listen, then listen to what I have to say. And if you don't, you know, finishing 32 and 33, but for the simple are killed by their turning away. And the complacency of fools destroys them. But if you listen to me, you know, you're going to be secure. You're going to be at ease without dread of disaster, right? Because, guys, don't be so caught up in the noise of everything else. Don't be so caught up in all the distractions. Don't be so caught up in what the world says is the most important thing. Because the most important thing is following God and understanding his wisdom, right? But whoever listens to me will be at ease. You know, they're not going to be at the dread of disaster, right? So I'm telling you, the biggest tragedy that affects the world today is the fact that our lives have gotten so loud that we forget the simple call from God. That we forget the simple call of wisdom and understanding and listening to what is the most important. You know, you think about my dad, it's hilarious. He wants a beach house so bad he can't stand it. You know, my, my family loves going to the beach. And his biggest thing is, we had a conversation about it, is I, I don't want to buy a beach house or I don't want to have a beach house because what happens when a hurricane comes? You know, what happens when, you know, you build a house on the coast, you know, you have to understand that that's going to happen, right? We live in, Tornado Alley has shifted somewhere, but we live in a part of the country where there's a lot of storms, mm-hmm. You know, and it's not something that I, I do get kind of scared. I'm not going to lie. I don't like storms. But, I mean, it's something that we expect, something that we're prepared for, right? But I told Dad, I was like, you know, I would buy a house on the beach. It wouldn't bother me at all. Or I would build a house on the beach. And he was like, why? Why on earth would you do that? Like, all he thinks I'm crazy. But I'm not going to put a single wide trailer on blocks on the beach, right? If I asked you that, if I said, Jackson, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Clayton homes. I'm going to buy this single wide trailer and I'm going to set it on blocks. Not going to fasten it to anything. I'm going to set it on blocks and I'm going to, you know, have a little beach house. What's your response to that? You're on a budget. (laughs) Why? Why Why would you do that? That's dumb, right? Yeah. That's dumb. But if I'm going to build a beach house, well, then I'm going to get a good contractor and I'm going to make sure it's built on stilts and I'm going to make sure and do all the things that you have to do in order to prepare for something that ultimately is going to come. 
You know, there will be a hurricane at some point. And then I'm going to get the right insurance. And I'm, I'm going to do all the things to set my beach house up for success. That would make more sense, right? Mm-hmm. And if I ask if I ask anybody that, they're going to be like, you know, that makes sense. Even my dad was like, okay, you know, you're kind of right. So on the flip side of that, it's the same way with our lives. You know, we can prepare for something that ultimately is going to come. The Lord is going to come back. The day of judgment is going to be here. But there are so many people that they set their single wide trailer on the beach, on blocks, and they just keep living their life. And when the hurricane comes, then they're going to understand. But we're literally reading instructions and understanding what we have to do in our lives to prepare for the unavoidable, right? And all we have to do, the same way all you have to do is build a structure strong enough to withstand a hurricane. All we have to do in our lives is build our faith, build our life, everything we have around Christ and around his wisdom. And if we do that, when, as verse 33 says, we're going to be at ease without dread of disaster. So when you put it in that perspective, in that perspective, you say, oh yeah, that's simple. Guys, the gospel of Jesus is simple. And it is the most amazing thing that we can take part of. And living in his wisdom and, and, and this Hultma that, that Jackson's talked about, it's that simple. And we can live without fear and without worry. That's perfect. I think uh, that's a good way to, to wrap things up this week. Um, thank you for listening to episode four of, right? I said that right, right? I think. Okay. <laughs> episode four or five or six I'm going to get three. a chalkboard. Don't we have a chalkboard? Somewhere. I don't know if I made the move. I'm going to get a chalkboard. I'm just going to write the number on it. But uh, We hope next you have week. a great week. Oh, go, oh, go yeah, for it. No, next week, we're going to be in chapter two. Starting it up. We'll see how far we get. We might cover the whole thing. I don't know. Seems how we feel. But uh, hope you have a great week. Dylan, break it down. We'll see you later. God loves you. We love you. Goodbye.